We have the very best of intentions to figure out how to do it all, how to balance it all. The business demands is everything from content creation and you got to meet with your team and checking the tasks off of our to-do list and learning how to use that new system and supporting our clients. Really, the list never ends in business. And that could fill every hour of the day and still feel like you just don't have enough. But that doesn't even take into account the fact that we have a spouse or kids or a home or dinner to cook or laundry to fold if we want our kids to stop turning their underwear inside out or a baseball game to drive to or a parent that might need us or a body that could, you know, maybe use a workout or some food or maybe even just like a drink of water once in a while. You are spread thin. And as a result, the only option seems to be hurry, rushing from one thing to the next. Maybe you figured it out through scheduling or boundaries around your business hours or the no phone policy when you're with the kids. Or maybe you're like we were in a certain season where it's all just kind of mushed together and you're in survival mode and you feel like if you go faster, maybe you can actually find the time to do all the things that you want to do or that you need to do. But no matter how you do it, it feels rushed. There aren't enough hours or enough arms, or enough brains to do it all. And that doesn't even take into account your level of ambition that calls you to do it all really freaking well. Like we're not just talking survival, we're talking people who want to thrive in what they're doing. Is there even really a way to change that? Or have you just bitten off too much that you're doomed to this life of hurry and restlessness? What if I were to tell you that that was me, that was us, Two, painfully hurried and beyond over it, questioning if anything else was even available to us. And then I started to look at the few leaders I could find who seemed to do it differently, genuinely, not just based on social media, but really getting to understand them better. They had this lightheartedness, a clarity that I just lacked. They were able to actually be present or not rushed. And they were even experiencing many moments of white space and margin in their days. That was so foreign to me. Yet at the same time, they were epically prolific in their work and incredibly connected and successful in their homes, meaning in their relationships. And I set out to see what made all the difference. And today I bring that to you. Let's do it. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it, too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. We hosted a retreat 
for our Luminary Leadership Incubator members, which is our high-level business mastermind. And these are all achievers, not just achiever in their personality, but in what they have achieved. These are incredibly successful business owners. And we had 23 forms of the members who were accepted in that we read through after they joined the program to really get an understanding of where they were at, what they were struggling with, what their focus was on, and what they needed most from us. I kid you not, my team member, Caitlin, she was giving a talk at the event and she decided she really wanted to know her audience. So she was reading with a fine tooth comb through each of the forms that were filled out from the members who were in attendance. And she's like, Liz, you're not going to believe this. Look at this. And she had printed them out. She's old school like me. She needs that like pen to paper and had a highlighter. And she started highlighting each form, the common thread between all 23 of them. Their greatest pain and their greatest desires were not necessarily the amount of money they wanted to make or the fact that they were just having struggles with their team or anything like that. The thing she highlighted on all 23 forms was that they all felt so hurried and spread so thin. Most of them are entrepreneurial parents. So they are raising kids and have a business. But there were other leaders in there too who have epic businesses and they're just family-minded and they felt so spread thin too. It wasn't even the amount of kids somebody had. We have some in there that had one. We have some in there that don't have any. We have some in there who have five. But the common theme across the board was they were on this hamster wheel of business they couldn't get off. Despite the fact that they had achieved these incredible levels of success, it was almost, it was beyond just an addiction. It was just all they knew and they were tired. And I think what started to happen with many of them, because I can relate to that pain, was the fact that the more successful they got, the more moving pieces that came into their life, right? The older their kids got, the more moving pieces their kids had in their lives, more uh, ball games and things they were committed to. And they just found themselves so overcommitted in life in general that the only cure or seeming cure, the, the possible cure of this stress and spread thin was just to go faster. That's it. When there are 24 hours in a day and there was once 10 things to do and now there are 50 things to do, you don't get to expand into more hours in a day and you can only give up so much sleep. So you just got to go faster. You rush from one thing to the next and it becomes this toxic experience of life and it infiltrates every aspect of life. It comes into your relationships. It comes into your parenting. It affects your kids. And there was this stage that we were in too where it felt that way. And I started to become aware of how it was affecting our kids. I always felt like I was rushing them out the door. Like I couldn't give them a big enough window being toddlers to know that they take a little longer to move and get something done because Whatever we were going to do was butting right up against the end of whatever we just finished. So I was constantly just hustling them out the door or quickly rushing off in the morning to get to work or going from one meeting to the next or just trying to go somehow faster in writing the content I was creating or recording the podcast that I was recording. 
So I started to study the people who didn't live that way. They didn't force it on their kids. It wasn't a part of their marriage. It wasn't how they did business. And they were mega successful in all of those areas. Their kids were well-adjusted, happy, healthy, thriving children, no matter what their ages were. Some of them, you know, their kids were already grown and out of the house, but they were going on to do these incredible things. Or they were young, but they were the type of kids that made eye contact with you when you talked to them. And they were so well-spoken and they seemed so happy. And I'm wondering what secret sauce do they have that I don't understand? Do they just have like the most epic team ever that they don't really do the work anymore and they've kind of outsourced it to everyone else? Well, no. When I started digging, some of these people had some of the smallest, tightest teams I'd seen for the sizes of the businesses they were running. Or, okay, are they one of those families that it's like they've got the live-in nanny You know what I mean? Like the au pair situation where they have someone 24 hours a day that can basically check in and raise their kids for them. Is that what's going on here? Well, no. So what was it that was differentiating the people who were in a constant state of hurry and stress from the ones that weren't? It wasn't the size of their business or the size of their family. It was something else. They just seem to have a level of clarity that everybody else didn't have. I read a book that I highly recommend called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And this book blew my mind. And it also kind of slapped me around a little bit because I didn't realize that there was an opportunity for the the Enneagram 3 in me who wants to just go and create and achieve to live differently than how I was living. I thought I was signed up for, you know, I had a lifetime sentence to this because of my personality or because of the size of the business we had or because we want a big family. But I started to realize that the more I took on, the more hurried I'd get. But to quote the author, the solution to an overbusy life is not more time. It's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. I'm going to say that one more time because I want it to sink in because I can hear your eyes kind of rolling into your head like my six-year-old now does to me. I thought I was good for at least another five years before I was going to have to deal with the eye roll, but I'm not. I can hear your eyes rolling because that was something that I rolled my eyes at too when I read the back cover of the book because I'm like, okay, yeah, great. So I'm just going to strip away being with my kids and doing the stuff that I want to do with them, or I'm going to strip away all the things that keep my business functioning. Easy for you to say, you probably live a more simple life all around. But as I started tapping into it more, I realized that that's exactly what these people are doing. The ones that I was admiring and in awe of, they built their lives around what mattered most, what moved the needle, what brought them joy, what allowed them to be in their zone of genius, what allowed them to feel fulfilled and purposeful in both business and in their personal lives. So after experiencing this kind of wake-up call, I realized that this is one of the most common struggles across the board of everyone we serve and work with and our peers, and something had to change. But when I tried to hunt down resources to support 
in doing this, I just kept coming across more productivity stuff, telling me how to get more done even faster or more done in a smaller window of time or how to outsource and give it to someone else to do. Or I'd see the other side of the spectrum where it was like, cancel everything, stop doing everything, you know, basically borderline become a monk. And that wasn't going to work for me either. So I sat down with my team and I started to think about what do our people need more than anything? And what did Michael and I do to transition from this life of constant hurry and stress to step off of the treadmill and into the lives we actually wanted to be living? So we have created a workbook and a process that I'll walk you through here, but I'll also tell you where you can go download it for free because it's pretty comprehensive and you're going to want the physical version of this because I don't go all the way through it on this call. But this process is going to take you from hurried and stressed business owner into unhurried leadership. That clarity I described in those people that... I just would look at in awe and their white space and margin they had in their lives to create and envision and then actually make things come to life. The health that they had that I certainly didn't because I was constantly grinding and stressing. All of those things that we want more than anything, the opportunity and the time to truly be present with our kids because we don't have to be hustling and running and running in everything we do. That is available to us, but there is a process that you have to go through in order to get to the other side of it, but it's not complicated. And within one hour of going through this process, your life can shift and change forever. So first, if you're the type that you like to walk through something with it in hand and you're at home and you can print this right now, go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash unhurried, unhurried. So luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash unhurried. You can download this free workbook that is full of exercises and a process to help you slow down, to get out of the weeds and focus your ever-growing to-do list down to the things that matter most, the things that light you up, that are for you and only you and will make the biggest impact on your business, on your life, on your family, and on your legacy. So when you find yourself saying things like, there's never enough time, or I just have to get through this season, or my family is, I'm seeing my family suffer from how I'm choosing to live. Uh, I'm having a hard time getting it all done or doing all the things, or I'm struggling to be successful, both personally, you know, in my home with my spouse or my kids and in my business. This is designed to break you free of that. Step one is going to sound trivial, but stay with me. We go into way more tactics after this, but this is the first piece. Step one is visualizing your future. Not in a like, woo, woo, sit there, you know, manifest it and you don't have to do anything. It's painting that big picture first. And what I found works best here is to step out of your logical, task-oriented side of your brain and allow yourself to dream without any inhibition. Because what you're going to realize is likely the vision that you have is not in congruence with where you are going because you know the compound effect. You know if you keep going the way you're going, man, I thought I was working towards my vision, but I'm really working away from it. In the workbook itself, it walks you through some different ways you can do this, but you can do this in five to 10 minutes 
And then I want you to jot down and really write out in detail what you saw, what you heard, what you felt, who you were with, what you were surprised by. And then we're going to come back to this piece. Okay, so now let's get a little bit more into the strategy. Okay, so step two is identifying in your life because that hurry, that feeling is likely coming from the rushed life you're living or the feeling of watching balls get dropped. You know how you have a to-do list and it's like 16 miles long and every day you write it in your planner and then you kind of copy over from today the ones you missed into the next day and then it gets even longer? We're dropping balls. So that's identifying what balls are getting dropped. That's step two. So this is requires extreme humility and honesty and to look at that you'll see in the workbook there's a section for your business and the section for your personal life meaning family and everything outside of business you have to look at what are the patterns what are the things that are consistently not getting done despite the fact that you know they're important or you know that they would change your reality for the better and you have to figure out what those things are maybe you keep talking about that workout you're going to start And you get three days into it and it fizzles out because it's not a priority. It's a ball that keeps getting dropped. Maybe you are finally going to launch that digital product so that you could get out of the trading time for money model in the hopes of scaling your business and having more freedom. But you're so stacked with clients that you keep dropping that ball because you don't have the capacity. So write those out. Here's one thing that I'll tell you. The vision is critical, right? We need to have the vision, but it's not enough. It's not going to get you through it. And I think that's one of the mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs make is they put all their eggs in the vision basket, but they don't actually change their lives in the granular, in the day-to-day, in their habits, in their thoughts, in how they operate, what they do, what they say yes to, what ends up on their calendar. And as a result, it cripples them. It brings them into this place of hurry. We lived in Boston, right outside the city in those tight neighborhoods where you could reach out and touch your neighbor's house. And we started visualizing this life on a farm. Neither of us are farmers. We didn't grow up on farms. But we went and stayed on one on a trip that we took, and we just loved the peace. We loved the calm. We loved the nature. We loved the space. We loved the privacy of having a lot of land. And it was just something really calling to us. So we were so excited and we could picture it so beautifully. And it became our vision. And we printed out pictures and we could see it and we wrote it in detail. And we did that part that I talked about first, which is what did you hear? What did you see? What did you smell? What did you experience? Who were you with? But don't forget, you bring with you wherever you go your old habits and old operating systems that you could move to the most idyllic place on the planet and bring with you the hurry. And that's what we did. We moved out here to this farm expecting the location or the change, the physical change to change us. And we were just as hurried as before, if not more, because we went from a postage stamp size lot in Boston to a 12-acre farm with animals, with a garden growing 35 different things when I had no idea how to garden with a lawn the size of China that we had to mow. Like we created more hurry for ourselves. So that's where you have to get more into the detail of that second step I talked about, which is identifying what balls are being dropped. And now the third step, identifying what areas 
you don't enjoy. They don't bring you joy. There are plenty of things that we have to do that don't bring us joy, but we have to do them because they're a part of functioning in everyday life. But there are a lot of things that you're doing that don't bring you joy that are not critical to the vision that you just casted on your life, whether it be the amount of things you're signing your kids up for, or what you're volunteering for, or what you're creating in your business, or how many team members you have that require more management and time and money. What brings you joy? So there's also two columns, again, luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash unhurried, where you can do this exercise and it prompts you and supports you in figuring this out, both business and personal. There's a James Clear quote, he wrote Atomic Habits, that I want to share with you that captures this third step. Too often we live our lives based on what is urgent for us and not what is important to us. It's dangerously easy to spend years constantly chasing the next urgent thing and never setting aside time to do what we know we should. Nothing worth working for will ever seem urgent. Nothing worth working for will ever seem urgent. That's the nature of important goals. They don't demand attention right now. They require a sense of purpose, a clear direction, and consistency over the long haul. Whew, that one woke me up. That made me realize how much I had to shift and change and adopt a whole new way of thinking. Step four, I'm the only one that can. I'm not saying this in the sense of the things that we convince ourselves we're the only ones that we can, you know, do this thing like uh, create graphics in our business or write the blog or do the marketing or the sales call or whatever it might be in our world. I'm talking about the things in your business and your life that only you can do, only you should do. And this list needs to be small. Really think about this one before you jump at answering and identify the things in your life that truly are only for you. Don't lie to yourself and tell yourself you can do it and you have to do it because you're the best at it. No. Make this list. Make it small. Step five that you're walked through in this workbook is own your limitations. This is the stuff that kind of belongs in the I can't do these things, your weaknesses, your limitations, and really taking ownership of them. You cannot do everything. You should not do everything. And acknowledging those limitations is really vital. And it's an important part of the pathway to your actual freedom and your schedule, to this foreign concept of white space and margin. Because then you can identify those things and start to shift how you operate. Now we're going to turn those into the positive. What are the things you can do Things you can take on that won't lend itself to more hurry. I can dedicate one hour to working out each day. And then you want to list those and the things you should not do, right? I cannot clean my whole house by myself every single week. It's just silly. It's a waste of my time and energy. I can dedicate X amount of hours a day to my work. I cannot stay up past 10 p.m. without getting totally burnt out. Okay, so limitations, and possibilities. So there's a section for both of those here. Step six, identifying your non-negotiables. If you fail to draw a line in the sand and really clarify what actually is important to you, you're going to end up doing everything that's expected of you. And newsflash, it's not going to be in alignment with where you actually want to go. So you have to have that clear purpose driving you forward 
and you don't want to keep defaulting to what other people think is right for you. For us, how we show up as parents and for our family, it's a benchmark for for us, for my husband and I. And it's something that we'll look back on many years down the road and say, did we step into that piece of the way we wanted to be? And that's a non-negotiable. The idea of legacy and family are really two high values for us as parents and entrepreneurs. So I have to think about that. And then I have to break that down into the things that I can do that are non-negotiables that I can bring into my world that I honor and live by. And when I do these things without taking on too much, it's evidence that I'm not failing, I'm not behind, even when sometimes I feel like it. These non-negotiables are the things that follow your values and your principles, and they clearly define what you will and will not allow. So some examples are, I can have 10 minutes of extra talk time with my kids before they go to bed to check on how they're doing, to ask them about their day. I can commit to eating dinner around the table, no devices, five days a week, right? I can take an unplugged vacation trip with my family every summer. You think of the things that honor those values. It can be outside of family too. These are just your standards, your non-negotiables, the things that you will incorporate into your world and don't bring in any extra. These are the must-haves. Okay, now we're going to talk business a little bit because this is a major part of your world. Step seven is what do you like best about your business? This, to me anyway, my entrepreneurial brain is where it gets fun. What do you love about what you do? What are the projects or tasks that you can totally lose track of time when you're working on them and they're things that you should be doing? Is it writing? Is it how you interact and and nurture your clients? Is it leading your team? Awareness of what excites you is so important because they are the clues into your unique gifts that only we can bring into our business. Not the things that you're competent at or that you done so many times you could do it with your eyes closed, the things that light you up, bring you joy, make you come alive, and the end result is a product or a thought or something that comes together that really moves the needle within your company. Don't think too hard, just write what comes to mind. Step eight is what does your dream business look like? What are the things your mind always wanders to, but something's gotten in the way of you making them a reality? If you're clear about what your biggest dreams are when it comes to your business, you'll have an easier time letting go of control and letting go of something that no longer serves you. There might be elements of your business that are holding you back from your dream business. Step nine is making room for what matters most. Every decision, even the most exciting ones, come with loss. It's time to make a best yes list and a not for me list. And this is in this current season but these are your best yeses from steps one, five, six, seven. I'd love for this list to be short. There's a reason these things have fallen down the list in terms of priority, and by focusing on fewer things, you're gonna narrow that to-do list. You have to actually plan for those best yeses. They need to go on the calendar first. You can have all these grandiose visions of this life that you're going to live with your family in the future. But if you, I opened your calendar and I looked at all the ways that that's showing up in the day to day and there's nothing that's evidence showing me you're working towards it, you're not working towards it. This helps you to do that. Speaking of, step 10, the final step is to schedule it on your calendar. I want you to treat your dreams and your best yeses like it's one of your clients. 
You would never be so out of integrity that you tell your client you're showing up and you just don't show. But yet somehow you live completely out of integrity for what matters most to you. If it's not in your schedule, it's not happening. So put a stake in the ground and commit to this small list of things. It's how things are going to change. And in doing this process, this unhurried leadership, you're going to start to strip away the stuff that doesn't matter and embody the person you are called to be, that unhurried leader. You're going to live out the things that actually matter. You're going to be able to look back on your years and be like, my days were filled with the things that brought me life, that created moments, that made me feel connected, that gave my children the best possibilities in their lives, all the things you want most, they ain't happening by chance. This process is how you step into unhurried leadership. It's how you embody and embrace the people that you're witnessing that you're like, oh, how do they do it? Is this all a lie? Are they actually this happy and clear and stressless? Yeah, but it doesn't happen by chance. They go through this process. I have this couple in my incubator program. They're very successful and they run a successful business and they have two kids who are young in grade school. And they came to me really spread thin, like on the go constantly, getting booked up continuously, constantly raise their prices because they were in such high demand. Good problem to have as business owners. But they had this nagging feeling of hurry and it was torment for them. But then they started to see how it was affecting their kids. Kids that they love more than life itself, more than anything. They'd trade the business in without batting an eye for the sake of joy for their children or health for their children. And one night while doing homework at like 9 or 10 p.m. with their eight-year-old, they had this aha moment of what the heck are we doing? Not only do we choose hurry in the way that we operate our business, but the systems that our kids are a part of are promoting hurry. Because this child is going to go to bed late after rushing to get this homework done, and then we're going to have to drag them out of bed in the morning, hurried to get them off to school in time before they had to go meet a client. And that cycle just perpetuates. And we had our retreat, and we were out on a catamaran in Tampa Bay. And it was so nice. And they came and they pulled me aside and they said, hey, Liz, we got to tell you something we're really excited about. Uh, We have no plan. We don't know how this is going to work. We don't know what this is going to look like, but we're done with the hurry. We're done. Come Monday when we get home from this retreat, and this is in November. So, you know, you're into the school year and there's already a plan. We're pulling our kids out of school. We're going to homeschool them. We're putting that first. And we're done rushing from one thing to the next. We're canceling some of our clients upcoming and we're shifting our business model. And it was their stake in the ground. It was their moment, although not everybody's prepared to do stuff cold turkey, but I have crazy respect for this couple for how what they've prioritized and how they've just chosen what matters. You do not have to live hurried. You do not have to feel like life is this perpetual hamster wheel that you just can't catch a break from. There are so many opportunities for you to live a life full of purpose and joy and possibility, but it's not going to happen by chance. Head on over to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash unhurried. And if this speaks to you, please, can I ask you a favor? 
Will you share it? Take a screenshot, share it on social, tag us so we can celebrate you and make sure you're subscribed because we have some really big, big stuff coming down the pike for you that we don't want you to miss, including some incredible guest speakers that we've already recorded that I can tell you with such certainty will rock your world and change your life. But the more that you are willing to subscribe and share it and, oh gosh, if you would be willing to leave us a review, I mean, I know I'm asking a lot, but I would be so incredibly grateful because it's what allows us to support you better, to bring amazing guests on the show, to pour more content into all of you that you've been asking for. But more than anything, I'm just so grateful you're here. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.